0: Look, we know that this has been a rough off season for the Florida Gators, but there are some winners and we're going to talk about them here on Locked on Gators. You are locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole9Sports and si.com. And before we get into it, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to. Faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. And like I mentioned, there were some winners from this Florida Gators offseason, which I know fan base. You're not one of them. It's just, just know that if you're a Florida Gators fan, I promise you you're not in the winner section here. We are in the big old fat loser section. Um, But there's a lot of us, at least. So you know what? We're in the cool kids group. But when you look at who is actually winners, I've got five people that we're going to talk about today that I think are winners from this offseason, and some of them just joined the team. Like, the probably biggest winner, this isn't really in an order, but I will say the biggest winner is probably Graham Mertz, right? Graham Mertz at Wisconsin was a perfectly average quarterback. And that was kind of just the expectation for him at that point. He came into Wisconsin with incredibly high hopes. He's the highest rated quarterback commit in Wisconsin history. I think he's the ninth highest commit in Wisconsin football history. But now he is a Florida Gator. He has fallen into what is probably going to be a starting job. Yes, he still has to beat out Jack Miller the third, but... I don't know about you guys. I'm not bought in on Jack. And it's not not that I'm like, oh, I'm so out on him. I'm not bought in on Jack. I'm not fully bought in on Graham Mertz. I will say that whether or not Graham Mertz is great or not, I feel confident saying that Graham Mertz is going to be better with the Florida Gators than he was with the Wisconsin Badgers. And I've been saying that since he came in where I'm like, look, is Graham Mertz great? No, but he is not as bad as... He's been, I'll I'll say, as people have said, specifically Gators fans have said about him, he is not nearly as bad as what some people are saying on social media. Um, He's also coming to a way more modern offense in Florida. And I know that there's a lot of Gators fans that hate the Florida Gators offensive scheme, whether it's the condensed sets, whether it's the 12 personnel, whatever it is. I know there are a lot of Gators fans that hate this Florida Gators scheme. It is not nearly as bad as y'all are making it seem. And I do think that the Florida Gators offense in 2023 will look better than the Florida Gators offense in 2022, primarily because Graham Mertz is not going to be ripping off these 80-yard touchdown runs, 60-yard touchdown run, 40-yard touchdown run, whatever it is. Graham Mertz ain't going to do that. If he does, I'd be amazed. That would be really cool to see, considering how everybody's saying that he's not going to. But he, he's probably not going to. Um, but he will p- more likely than not, I'll say, do the little things better than Anthony Richardson did. And that's not even saying Anthony Richardson's bad, but there were so many simple mistakes that Anthony Richardson made. That I believe Graham Mertz will not make. There are again, there are also plays that Anthony Richardson made that Graham Mertz cannot make, and that's one of the things where Graham Mertz is awareness-wise, IQ-wise, whatever you want to say, mentally better than Anthony Richardson. But he's not nearly physically as good, and it's a lot easier to get—or not a lot easier—but it's easier to get mentally up to speed than this yet physically because you're physically capped at certain points. So. Graham Mertz, I think will make this Florida Gators offense run more efficiently than Anthony Richardson did primarily because he'll be able to make these simple passes in with proper placement. I'll say Anthony Richardson had a few just times where it was just so badly like the, the pick six against Kentucky on the curl route. That was just nowhere near where it should have been stuff like that. Hopefully won't happen anymore. But again, you, you now also trade off and lose the, the big play rushing ability that uh, Anthony Richardson brought to the table. Another big reason that Graham Mertz is one of the winners here is that the Florida Gators' skill position group, I think, is better than it was in 2022. You lost Justin Shorter, and that sucks. You lost Dejon Reynolds, and he had potential. You lost, what we'll say, Trent and Creed, I guess, Whitmore, and obviously, you don't want to lose anybody, but you retained Ricky Pearsall, who's the most talented receiver in this room last year. You still have two great running backs, and now they've got more experience under their belt. Granted, there's a slightly worse offensive line, or probably considerably worse offensive line. But you're also going to have way more dynamic playmakers. Look, I, I like Dejon Reynolds. I don't care whatever is going on with him and Gators fans on Twitter. I like Dajun Reynolds as a football player. I think he's a very clean route runner. He got open consistently. And I like that. Even though he's slow, he got open consistently. And I'd rather have someone who's slow and gets open than someone who's fast and doesn't, right? Okay, then. But you will have more dynamic playmakers here with guys like Eugene Wilson III, with guys like Andy Jean, with burners like Aiden Mizell. You're going to have a more dynamic group of pass catchers with Graham Murphs than you had with Anthony Richardson. That's another way that... You're going to go okay. Anthony Richardson created this big, these big plays with his legs. If Graham Mertz can just get the ball to the receiver with room to run, and you have a more dynamic group, hello, you can create bigger plays in the passing game than you created with Anthony Richardson. And you take that ten times out of ten, I think at least. So, and also, I'm not saying I'd rather have Graham Mertz or Anthony Richardson. I'm saying that if I have to trade off mobility for more precise passes that lead to more yards after catch. I'm down for it because why not, right? I, I I just think I'd prefer that. Um, but I think Graham Mertz is probably the biggest winner, also because Jaden Rashada fell out of Florida's recruiting class. So guess what? There's no freshman quarterback that we were like, oh, when he could start this year. That's not happening anymore in 2023. There's not that. He's also a big winner because Max Brown is playing baseball. So for spring practices. Max Brown's probably not going to be there for a large portion of it, which means there's even less quarterback competition for Graham arts It's Graham Mertz and Jack Miller, and, and that's it for really who's competing for this spot. I'm not saying Max Brown is going to be in the running. I'm not saying Jaden Rashada is going to be in the running. But now we know they aren't, and that's a big advantage if you're one of these quarterbacks that's competing for a starting job. So another big win. We're about to talk about two defensive players who I think picked up Big wins through just, honestly, just surviving this offseason as a Florida Gator. But first, today's episode of Lockdown on Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. Post your job for free with linkedin.com slash lockdown college with simple tools like screening questions and makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and just the right experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and potentially hire. And every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So if you're looking for someone to hire, LinkedIn's probably a good place to, sp- to start. Post your job for free linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making lockdown gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And looking to the defensive side of the ball for some winners, there's two players that I think picked up uh, bigger win that I think picked up the biggest wins from this offseason on the Florida Gators side. And starting off with The biggest winner on defense, um, it's got to be Miguel Mitchell, I think. Personally, I I think it's Miguel Mitchell. You can say it's Shamar James because Amari bernie has gone, Grantron Miller's gone, and he's going to get that playing time. Sure. Nobody is benefiting as much as Miguel Mitchell. Miguel Mitchell in 2022 was listed as a safety, and he played both safety and star at different points, mostly star. Looking at the safety room, Trey Dean and Rashad Torrance are both gone. Trey Dean's out of eligibility going to the NFL. Rashad Torrance declared for the draft earlier than he should have. Um, That's just my take on it is that he should have come back for another year or transferred, but he's not NFL ready in my opinion. So Trey Dean and Rashad Torrance are headed to the NFL. Corey Collier, Jonathan McMillan, transferred out of Gainesville, and they were in that safety room. And Donovan McMillan was thought of as kind of the next man up. Like, it was like, okay, Kamari Wilson and Donovan McMillan next year. Can't wait for it. And then Donovan McMillan left. So now, guess what? Miguel Mitchell, you're up there too. So there's another, a, a we'll say there's more availability at safety for Miguel Mitchell to contribute. Looking at Star, where Miguel Mitchell also played, Trevez Johnson transferred to Missouri. Kamar Wilcoxon transferred to Temple, I believe. Corey Colliers, Nebraska, and Donovan McMillan is pit with Dejon Reynolds. Um, but Trevis Johnson and Kamar Wilcoxon transferred out. So, star, they're gone. They were two of the three guys on the depth chart. And, look, Jadarius Perkins seems like a very nice guy. He does, um, just based on how he's presented himself since he got to Gainesville. He seems like a very nice guy. Seems very, like, like he seems like he loves his family a lot. He is not an SEC starter quality star player. He's just not. Miguel Mitchell might not be either. But I feel like I know Jadarius Perkins isn't, and I care more about that. And look, Miguel Mitchell is not guaranteed a starting spot by any stretch. You've got a ton of talented DBs that are coming into this room right now. From high school, you got Jakeem Jackson, Dijon Johnson, Jordan Castell. You've got a bunch of players that are coming into this room right now and ready to contribute and ready to compete, right? Yes. But none of them have been with this program for a year like Miguel Mitchell has. None of them have played SEC football before like Miguel Mitchell has. And clearly, this coaching staff likes Miguel Mitchell, that he got significant playing time at certain points down the stretch. Coaching staff clearly likes him. Whether he plays star or safety, there are three starting spots open between the safety spots and star. We can reasonably assume that Kamari Wilson will be starting at one of these safety spots. Yeah, we we can reasonably assume that and feel good about that assumption. But that still leaves two open spots, one at each position that Miguel Mitchell can play. Will that help him? Will it hurt him? Will he be... You know, a guy that is kind of hindered by not having a true position that he's going to play in this defense. Maybe will he be helped because he helps add so much versatility to your defense with what you want to do, whether you want to have him deep in the, uh, whether you want to have deep in deep in the defensive backfield, or whether you want to have him right up on the line of scrimmage to the star or whatever you want to do, you have that option there. And that's another big thing where he's a good defensive fit. He's versatile. He's got experience at this point. Not much, but he's got more experience than all the other freshmen that are coming in. He is, I think, going to get significant playing time, whether or not he's a starter. That instantly makes him a big winner for me. You had maybe, we'll say five, maybe six guys ahead of you. Because we know that it was Corey Collier and Donovan McMillan at least ahead of him at safety. We know Trade and Rashad Torrance were ahead of him at safety. We know Trevis Johnson was ahead of him at star. And we can say he was level with Kamar Wilcox in at star. And they're all gone. That opens up a lot of space for you. The only guy that is clearly ahead of you on the depth chart is at safety, Kamari Wilson. And we can reasonably assume that at star, Jadaris Perkins has a leg up right now, but we'll see what happens throughout the spring and throughout the fall and summer. And we'll, we'll see what happens But Miguel Mitchell is a big winner from this offseason. And another big winner on the defensive side of the ball is Chris McClellan, defensive lineman. Uh, adding Cameron Jackson and Caleb Banks from the transfer portal means that there's more veteran presence in that group that can kind of help Chris McClellan get along the way. Cam Jackson. Sure. Not a great pass rusher, but Cam Jackson can give you those little pointers that Chris McClellan could use as a very young defensive tackle who is very talented but Cam Jackson is still an all-conference player. Again, I don't care that it's the American. He's an all-conference player. So Chris McClellan gets that benefit of veteran leadership. Also, adding in Cameron Jackson, Caleb Banks, adding in all of these young freshmen to this defensive line group helps Chris McClellan a lot. It allows him to kind of carve out a role, we'll say. We're similar to how I was talking about Miguel Mitchell, where I'm like, look, whether or not he's a starter or a backup, He's going to play significant snaps. I feel the same way about Chris McClellan. I think Chris McClellan is maybe the most talented interior defensive lineman on this team. But guess what? He is also one of the few, if not the only interior defensive lineman that could line up at the three tech, which is right outside the shoulder of the guard. So it's going to be that, that pass rushing type D tackle or the one tech, which is that nose tackle, zero or one tech, we'll say, which is that nose tackle that Desmond Watson plays. So if Chris McClellan is going to be a backup, but he could play both of those spots, and it's like, okay, well, guess what? I'm coming in for Desmond Watson right now, and then when he's ready to come back in, I'm just shifting over to the three tech, and whoever's the three tech is getting out, and Desmond Watson gets to come in, and then now it's both me and Big Des in the interior. Or if you want to have more of a pass rushing group, then yeah, go Chris McClellan at the zero or the one, the nose tackle, whatever it is, and then have you know anybody at the three-tech. So, Or you can just start Chris McClellan at probably three-tech. I, th- I think he could start at the one-tech, but I think that you keep playing Desmond Watson. So I think Chris McClellan, you could start at the three-tech next to Desmond Watson, and guess what? That's a big group to try to run that ball into. You're running right into the teeth of two big dudes. So guess what? You're not going to have a good time when you do that. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to walk here and I'm going to say, Chris McLellan, whether or not you start or are just a heavily rotational piece, you are a winner from this offseason in Gainesville. We're about to wrap up by talking about the final two players here, two offensive players, two young offensive players that I think are winners from this offseason. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about two offensive players here that are are winners here. I didn't put an offensive lineman because the offensive line right now not a lot of winners. They're not. They're probably the group that regressed the absolute most from this offseason. But you look at tight end, Arliss Boardingham has to be a winner for you here. He, he just has to be because every tight end that is on roster right now, or almost every tight end that is on roster right now, is m- thought of more of a blocking type. Keon Zipper is a pass catcher, sure. Jonathan Odom is a pass catcher but he's more of a blocker, okay? That's what he is, Then that's not a knock on him. Like, that's a fantastic role to play in this offense. You look at everybody ahead of Arliss, most of them are blockers. I don't think any of them, whether you're thought of as a blocking tight end or whether you're thought of as a pass catching tight end, I don't think any of them are as athletic, or versatile as Arliss boarding him. Arliss might be the worst blocker of the group. We haven't really seen him, but he might be the worst blocker of the group, but he is probably the most dynamic playmaker at tight end. And if he sees playing time, if he stays healthy, he could likely contribute to this passing attack that really lacked production from tight ends. Put Keon Zipperer, at that blocking tight end role and have Arliss Bordingham as more of the pass catcher move tight end and just have them both out there and say, yeah, we're sacrificing a bit of blocking here. But we're picking up a lot of potential with pass catchers and pass production from our tight ends. And that's a trade-off that you might like. Nick Elksnes and Griffin McDowell left the tight end room this past off season. You struck out on Jaden Platt, which as much as that sucks that you struck out on Jaden Platt, that's a benefit for Arliss Bordingham. Arlis Bordenham picked up a big win this offseason by just being here. That's all that is. He's just being here. And he's thought of as a wide receiver tight end. That's like not really thought of as a Kyle Pitts type, but he's still thought of as a wide receiver tight end hybrid. It's weird because like you also don't really consider Kyle Pitts and Travis Kelsey the same type, but they're both the wide receiver tight end type. And say whatever you want about Travis Kelsey. That man saw less, so a lower percentage of his snaps at inline tight end compared to Taysom Hill. So Taysom Hill is more of a tight end than Travis Kelsey is. I'll say that. Um, big slot receiver, which is great. He's great at it. But he's not. We'll we'll, we'll say that. That's my take on, on Travis Kelsey, as dope as he is. Um, anyway, to circle back, that's probably more the role that you can see Arlo's boarding him in. You know, the one where you go, oh, he's not really a tight end. He's like a slot receiver. That same thing, where you won't see Keon Zipper do that, because Keon Zipper is not shifty enough. But regardless, boarding him could have that wiggle. On the other side of of who's a big winner from this offseason on the offensive side of the ball, it's running back Trayon Webb. I know that there are a lot of people, myself included, who do not expect Trayon Webb to contribute as a freshman, and that should be the expectation. But Naquan Wright is at UCF, right? UCF, UCF or USF? Is that one of them? Uh, USF, I think it is. Naquan Wright is at USF. Lorenzo Lingard is at Akron. They both have left the program. They are not Florida Gators. They are no longer in the running back room, right? Luckily, you replace them with no one. The only running back addition to this running back room is Treyon Webb. He's the only one there. So that's a, an instant big win for him. So Naquan Wright is at USF. I just double checked. That's an instant big win for Treyon Webb. No running backs came in. Your third and fourth running backs left the program. Running back three is wide open right now in this Florida Gators room. Yeah, Florida is probably bringing in a portal running back, an experienced portal running back to be running back three. But until then, Treon Webb's in the conversation for running back three. And that's something that we did not expect. I mean, we're not anticipating. So for him to be in a position where he could possibly Contribute early on because again, even no matter who running back three is, it's mostly going to be Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne as the main ball carriers. But no matter who running back three is, if it's on Webb, you're going to see some time, some playing time at some point in time during 2023. So that's automatically a big win to even be in that position right now. As, as we're in first transfer portal windows over, so now we're in spring session. You've got a potential. You've got a chance to maybe change Florida's mind. You know, maybe this coaching staff is like, yeah, hey, we want to bring in a veteran running back three, but you show up and you ball out early on. Maybe they're like, oh, maybe we don't need it. You know, maybe, maybe we have a guy who's ready. We just had a freshman last year who was a great running back and ready to contribute. Maybe we have that again, but this time it's on Webb. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. If your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. You get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole9Sports and SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.